guiding humans towards a future of work that works for people. A smorgasbord of snackable stories to help you be a more effective leader. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Thank you so much for joining me. So today's guest is the frankly extraordinary Luxanne Linton, who's the CEO of SHC. She is an energy that you're going to love. She is an inspiration and she's very much an imaginal leader. And you'll find out why very, very soon. So a few of you got in touch and pointed out, thank you, that all of my guests so far have either been British or US. There's a really strong English and US voice going on across my guests. Now, you know me by now, I would think, I believe that everything can be better, always. So if you send me feedback, I will always listen and try and do something about it. So this week, I'm starting to put that straight. So Roxanne worked for a Canadian bank for years, but now she is the CEO of the second biggest credit union in Jamaica. Since she's been there, which is not a huge amount of time, she's turned it around from being 300 million Jamaican dollars in deficit to a surplus generation of 273 million. So that's not bad going, is it? And did she do that by command and control and do what I say, not what I do? Well, what do you think? Dear leaders, at all levels, get your earbuds in, listen to her story, and learn the power of creating work environments where humans thrive, so businesses thrive. Welcome. Roxanne Linton. So, Roxanne Linton is our guest this week, dear listeners, and I can't tell you how excited I am about hearing these stories. Um, I always explain to you how I've managed to find these incredible people that I interview or have conversations with. Um, so Vint Cerf, and if you don't know who he is, you damn well should. I interviewed him at the beginning of this series. He set up a forum, which is an international global forum of thought leaders who discuss, it's called the Innovation for Jobs, and we discuss how we can create a future of work that works for people. And so I put a call out saying, I want more women CEOs. I want more diversity. I want to have people in my guest list that, that are different, that are outside my network. And an amazing woman called Melissa Powell said, well, funnily enough, I know a woman who's a CEO and they don't call her a chief executive officer. They call her a chief encouragement officer. And I went, that's her. She's the one. So Roxanne Linton. In time honored ritual, would you explain to the listeners how you got to where you are now? Okay, well, thank you, Katz, and hello, everyone. Uh, for me, I am a chartered um, accountant, a 
a certified public accountant, a CPA. And um, I would have worked with um, PricewaterhouseCoopers um, back in the early 2000s. And so I would have had my training there as an accountant. And then here in Jamaica, we have a number of um, international financial institutions, one being um, you know, the Bank of Nova Scotia, which is a Canadian international bank. And so I would have been recruited there and would have started my journey in financial services. And then from there, I would have had a tenure in um, Canada with um, Scotiabank um, and then would have moved on to um, another international financial institution and um, would have been back in Jamaica, back um, in the Caribbean. And, and then also um, after that would have um, left because that institution would have left um, Jamaica and um, now I'm with First Heritage Cooperative Credit Union um, Limited. Um, so I am you know, a financial services professional with over 20 years um, of experience, um, brought up in a two-parent home, raised by parents. Um, uh, my dad is a retired commissioner of police and my mom's uh, a nurse, so very nurturing um, family with my brother and I um, raised um, with, you know, you know, um, just, you know, a love for God and a recognition of his, his um, ruling or in, in my life. Um, that's part of my key upbringing. So, you know, um, loving persons, and um, maybe that's why I got the name Chief Encouragement Officer at um, First Heritage Cooperative Credit Union, which we call FHC. So that in a nutshell, um, CATS would be how I, I got here. Um, I don't know if there's any specific question that you want to ask me. Yeah, can you explain, because I don't know FHC as an organization, I don't really know about credit unions. So just so that um, we, including me, really understand what the organization is, can you kind of explain how does it work? What is it? Is it, is it like a building society or what we call a building society? Right, it's similar. Um, so it's a member-owned structure similar to uh, a building society. Um, member owned. Um, so our clients are our owners or members. And um, that's this structure has been in Jamaica for the last 80 or so years. Um, and it's, it's really geared towards supporting persons at the who may be at the lower end of the economic scale in terms of needing more financial um, support to help them to develop and uh, and to grow. And so the mantra for the credit union is around people helping people, you know, helping. So it's a cooperative, it's a financial cooperative um, structure, um, really geared towards driving goals around financial inclusion and, you know, improvement of um, the life and livelihoods of persons who need more support from a financial and economic perspective. 
Oh, fascinating. There are about 25 credit unions now. I mean, over the, over the number of years, there has been significant consolidation in the space. So now we're at about 25 credit unions. And FHC is the second largest credit union in terms of asset, um, asset size, maybe not the third, we're the third largest in terms of asset size um, here in Jamaica. Fantastic. Okay, so I'm with you now. So you're the chief encouragement officer of this credit union. What is your story number What's one? What's my story? <laughs> okay, well, um, you know, just talking about leadership, um, cats, and, um, you know, I know that's um, what your podcast is about, humans leading humans. And I'm having, for me, the richest part of my leadership experience now at FAC, to be honest. I am actually enjoying it a lot, largely because of the past experiences I've had that would have taught me a lot, a lot about myself, a lot of, of how um my leadership impacts others and so from that perspective um you know when i think about where i am and i think about stories that that could have helped to grow me into the leader that i have one one that i think about is when i had to um go within the Caribbean to, to work on another assignment. And that assignment required, the mandate of that assignment required significant change, change in the culture of the organization, change in the functional culture, um, there's a particular function that is running, and, um, and also a lot of collaboration with various stakeholders. And so, you know, going into that assignment, of course, I had the technical expertise um, because it was it's related to um, just finance and control, um, that kind of function. Um, you know, I, as as I said, you know, I grew up with a lot of respect for persons. I'm a respectful leader, um, good communicator, and all of that. So I had a, a number of those qualities going in. But with that kind of mandate and what was required, what, when I look back, you know, the, the level of connection um, that you have to make with, remember, you know, you're entering a new country and so persons have to, to, to get to um, appreciate you, get to know you, get to trust you. And so I, when I look back, there was much more of myself that I needed to give in order to connect at the level to be able to drive that kind of change that was necessary and, and to have the kind of impact. Um, and so when I look back, um, it was part of the growth process, no doubt, because there's a lot of resistance initially in the assignment. There was a lot of friction um, with just interacting, persons not operating at the pace that you want them to operate at, we're not getting the initial results. And so, you know, there's that, that friction. And so that kind of puts you in the mode to kind of say, oh, what's happening here? You know, is it something that I am doing that, that is working well? Um, you know, because many times when you're interacting and you're getting a results, you want to blame others. But I think you have to kind of look on the entire picture, what may others be doing that could be done differently, but also what could I be doing 
that could be done different. And so I kind of had to get in that space um, because this wasn't a sig significant assignment. I would have also been used to being very successful uh, in previous assignments. So to be getting this kind of sticky situation, things not moving as you need them to, it really puts you in that kind of reflective mode. And so the elixir for me, um, the, you know, the real, sweet juice i think when i looked back you know was how could i lead more from within myself like how could i um you know give more of myself to connect share more spend more time with persons do more of what they are doing kind of helping myself to understand where they are they are at because it was a culture where the level of work ethic was not as um you know was not as intense not as focused the level of accountability was not as um robust uh, and so you know that in itself was a significant difference and so you know to make change to changes to make persons you know be more accountable to their um, you know, to their deliverables and the, the higher expectations I had, I, I could have engaged them differently. And so I think from that learning, just in terms of not getting the outcomes as quickly as I needed to and, and, and just how difficult it was, kind of started to have me think about how to expand my leadership um, abilities to be able to um, lead in difficult and different situations to still get outstanding results. So, so I, I, I think about that experience as a pivotal experience in terms of kind of changing who I am as a leader. Brilliant. And yeah, I mean, you know, I think any leader who is trying to take an organization through change, you're always going to get that kind of resistance. You're always going to, and it comes from fear. And, and you're right, you know, I agree with you entirely that then your job is to create an environment where people are less scared and therefore less resistant. Right. Love, right. love, love your first story. Can I ask you for story number two? Story number two. So story number two is um, around, it's, it's an FAT story, and it just kind of shows the progress that we talk about as leaders, how we can evolve, um, you know, and part of it, I think, has to start with a desire, an inner desire as a leader to want to be a different leader, one who is connected with his or herself, and kind of leading from that place within, you know, there has to be that desire. Um, and what kind of drove that desire for me, as I said, was um, just the missed expectations in terms of what I thought I could deliver and by when um, in that last assignment. And so I really had to do, you know, a lot of introspection. And I even engaged, um, you know, a coach, a leadership coach, you know, to kind of help to say, what are some of the things that I can prepare myself for um, to be able to lead in a different way? And so one of the things that um, we worked on was how do you see yourself as a leader? You know, so what's your leadership vision? 
And so with that, you know, you kind of had to go within yourself and figure out how you see yourself as a leader. And so for me, you know, wanting to be an open leader, an authentic leader, one who communicates well, one who is very strategic in, in, in how she thinks and how she leads her team, you know, one who is courageous, uh, one who operates in different contexts and still gets strong results. So with that kind of vision, you know, and any leader who takes on a kind of uh, vision for themselves as a leader, it's not going to force you to ask the questions, how do I get there? You know, how do I, how do I prepare myself to get to that vision that I have for myself? And so my assignment at FAC, at First Heritage Cooperative Credit Union, provided that kind of playground for me to now see how I operate in line with that vision. And so FHC um, at that point, when I joined back in 2017, um, was an organization in trouble, an organization in pain because of the, um, the financial deficit that it had. It had a, um, a significant financial challenge. Um, in Jamaican dollars, about 300 million or so accumulated deficit um, that the, the credit union had. And this is in our financial <laughs> statement. I'm not telling anything out of school, um, cats. No, um, but so, my goodness um, me, so you really are. You're walking into something and you know you've walk, got a lot of work to do. Yeah, A lot of work to do. And, and just understanding the state in which the organization was in, as I said, um, team members were not happy that they had this albatross around their necks, you know. And so, you know, I had to be cognizant. So learning from my experience where I went into another culture and, you know, just wanting to change things just right away. And I know I had to spend time connecting with my team at that heart level you know, connecting with them. Yes, I do understand where we're at. Yes, I think, and I know that we can get out of this, you know, so having that connection at the heart level so that I can work towards changing the mindset, you know, of the team in order for us to move forward. And so in this story, there's a, a strong story about connection, connection with my team, my, you know, executive team and management team and, and the entire team member population. We had about 250 team members. And um, so part of that connection saw me having town halls um, with team members and members in you know, the first six months or so as going around the island, um, meeting with persons, understanding issues were, what they needed to fix, you know, what were their concerns. So really an intensive period of, of, of meeting with various stakeholders, getting and building that connection. And then, um, you know, with our members also, we developed the member at the center mantra, which kind of puts in place what's our aspiration around how we see our members and how we want to interact with our members. And, you know, we, we build out a framework around um, the member experience that we also want our members to have, feeling valued, connected, and having a certain level of trust. So, you know, um, it was essential to be building out frameworks that kind of supported 
the approach that I wanted. So we said we wanted connection. It wasn't just words. It was how are we going to also build those organizational structures to help us to achieve that connection um, that we wanted because that was that was necessary. Um, the collaboration was also necessary across um, various stakeholder groups, um, you know, and and being active and um, deliberate in terms of how we would reach out to our partner credit unions, how we would reach out, collaborating, staying in touch with our with our regulators, you know. So so again, having disciplines around that, living. You know, it was essential cats to kind of live the values and the approaches that we wanted um, to take. Um, it was important to build structures in order to, to live in that manner. Communication is essential as a leader and different types of communication. Um, for me, um, I do a monthly um, message to my team and as an inspirational message so for the last four or five years four years four plus years i've been doing that message to the team just around various you know believing in yourself you know having that mindset of resilience knowing that you can accomplish especially in this time of the pandemic you know that they they can overcome and it's my you know it's really a great team um, really showing how we, you know, navigate the ebbs and flows of life, you know, with a with a spirit of can do and a winning spirit. Um, so for sure, um, you know, those 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 were some of the the key qualities and key traits, key approaches, um, cats that we had to take in order to transform. Um, FHC um, and to move it from a situation where there was an accumulated deficit to uh, a situation where we had um, in two years gotten to a point where we had an accumulated surplus. So, oh my um, God, get you. Yeah. Yes. That's yes, a yes. good news story. <laughs> so it's better for the people oh. and it's better for the business better for the business better for the people and i mean the results that the business gets is really underpinned by how we lead the people that we have the key resource the key asset that we have in our human capital how we lead them kind of determines the kind of results that we can get and as you know and and we were saying when we first met that so much of that is around having to go through uh, your own transformation, really understanding who you are and that moment of seeing something, just being so clear about, oh God, of course, that's how. A couple of questions for you. Sure. So you've taken on this huge deficit, big business challenge. Um, you're walking in as a CEO to this quite dark situation where people are tired. Um, in situations like that many people just want to find out what we're going to do to fix it and so what you did was go no i'm going to find out who people are and where they are so my question to you is how do you bat them off how do you say to them no we need to take time to build foundations because that's tough so what's your advice well i mean my advice um would be that we need to ensure that we create the conditions. I, I talked to my team about 
having the right conditions that will drive the results. And so, you know, we have a branch network of around 11 branches. And so each month, this is another practice as I try to keep connected to my team. Um, my branch managers, they report to an AGM for retail and sales and service, but I still get into their meetings each month just to maintain that connection. And I say to them, listen, you know, you are on the ground in your branches. You have that local culture. How are you building those conditions, the conditions, the space of a, a positive space? a space where your team members can share their views, a, a, a space where they feel respected. So your space and your condition has to be one that is gonna bring out the best in your team members. And so for me, I was very clear um, upfront that that's what I wanted to do. Um, it was necessary, I think for me to say, listen, you, you, you had this deficit. So you are doing things in one particular way. Um, you now need to be open to another way of doing things. And, and so um, as, as, as um, you know, I guess part of it was the encouragement that they received kind of helped to build them up as individuals. And so it was almost as if we were nurturing the team, you know, as we went along. And, 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 and as I said, we also made sure to be also introducing structures that could help to support the environment that we're building. And so we saw persons would have seen that progression. We're trying to build a culture of posit positivity. So you see on my, uh, on my, um, background dwelling in the possibilities and that has been um, if you want to call it uh, part of the background of our organization since i joined how are we always going to be in a space where we can see what is possible for us as an organization so that condition that you talk about um cats that those 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 environments we i like to talk about it sometimes as you know kind of trying to build the kind of atmosphere that you want to be a part of you know yes. and bring your own atmosphere to the space so if, when persons come with negativity i tell them listen we're not ready you're not ready yet because we don't have the right air in which we want to do the business yeah god and that was going to be my next question it was like because again we've all been through it you're feeling that things are getting to somewhere and you get a naysayer. naysayer. Yeah, they want to yeah, see things yeah. happening quicker. And, and basically you're just saying to them, we're not there yet. Wait. Yeah, we're but not where there do you yet. Get, where do you get the strength of character? Because those moments when you go home at night and go, actually, there are moments of um, your own fear, aren't there, about God, is this going to work? So how do you combat that? How do you deal with that? Right. So one of the things, Kat, is that I think a good companion to this approach is to be able set, to set yourself up for quick wins. Um, because you're right, the board is looking for the tangible results, the progressive results. And so one of the things that we did early too was to also set a structure in place that would significantly um, transform how we engaged with our members and were able to you know offer 
um, solutions to our members. So that whole member at the center was necessary because our members felt connected. They saw us as their credit union of choice and would want to do business with us. Right. We'd also trained up our team members, our sales team. We created a, a sales team, trained them up. So while we were boosting, nurturing, encouraging, we're building these structures to give us that progressive and incremental results and changes which was necessary to accompany the kind of environment that we were building. So we were, we're doing both in tandem, you know, yeah. building the right mindset, the right atmosphere conditions for our workplace and how we want to operate and lead, but also building the structures that would show us getting the results that we needed um, together. Yeah. So yes, yeah. Yeah, 100%, that whole idea about, just find some quick wins. Show some progress Show while we're doing all this stuff, and then they go and yeah. let's stay off our backs. <laughs> and then the thing about it is that those quick wins started to mushroom, and so there's the exponential growth when persons are buying in, they're feeling yeah. more empowered as individuals. You start to see just you know, we when I joined, they were doing 150 million dollars in, in disbursement of loans. Um, you know, and then within two years, we're doing $400 million. And so you see what persons <laughs> thought was possible. We, we just saw the exponential growth when the right conditions were in place. Persons felt connected, they felt empowered, they felt engaged, they were a part of the process, they felt they were cared for respected, you know, so it's 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 just a rich, a richness around um as leaders when we bring ourselves to the table and we can create that, that space in which persons can operate but i mean it's not a story without um issues because this this sales framework i tell you that we want we we built out there was a point because embedded in that sales process was greater accountability so we have our weekly sales meetings persons have targets that they have to meet and all of that and so persons didn't like that initially and so we would have made changes to embed this system and and you i could feel some sabotage at some points and 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 um you know we felt like the ship was going sideways cats you know for so for two months we weren't kind of seeing the results that we needed but the thing about it, this is where experience is essential. And I would have had a previous role where I was a vice president um, for sales and would have used a similar process. And so I had to draw on that experience and expertise and say, listen, team, I've seen this work elsewhere and it's going to work here, you know? And so um, that trust you know, and and because they're realizing that, boy, this is not just a trial and error. This is something that has been proven. Um, and I'm realizing too, that there may be issues of persons not trusting the process and being very clear about it and upfront with them, um, kind of made them realize that, listen, I think we're gonna, you know, have to maybe move towards embracing this process. Yeah. So, so yeah, so it's, it's not an easy, um, process but I, I think um it's important that you know you're anchored with with that leadership vision for sure so even yes. when 
things get difficult, you know, you're able to reflect and, you know, go back to that vision and say, listen, this is who I say I want to be, you know, how can I live um, to attain that vision? Yeah. You're kind of amazing. Okay. Um, story number three, please, Roxanne. It's story number three, right. And so um, having undergone that transformation with the organization, um, you know, we you know, kind of have to make sure that we're building even more structures to help us to um, continue to grow as an organization, to continue to maintain the kind of um, culture that we, we have. And so one of the, the things that we determined to do is to, to really define for ourselves a team member experience um, framework, you know, because I think we want to say to ourselves, what's, what's the experience that we want our colleagues to have? We would have defined it earlier for our members, but what about our team members? And also, even when we're hiring, you know, how, how do we, we want to sell and be by potential um, team members? And so we would have built out a framework that's built on four R's, the four R's, reward, recognition, respect, and being ready, being ready for work. So I'll start with being ready. The readiness that we talk about is from a, from a holistic pers perspective. How are you ready as an individual to, to be at work, to engage with your members, to engage with team members? How are you ready even for yourself? So how are you showing up? You know, how, how's your mental state? You know, how are you doing physically, emotionally? So that holistic readiness. And so part of having this framework in place helps us as an organization to determine what structures we now have to put in place to help our team members to be ready. You know, so we'll, we are still in the process of building out um, various training um, interventions that will kind of help our team members to be practicing various um, approaches to help them to be strong individuals. Um, you know, respect for us, that's um, kind of ongoing with how we interact with our teams, you know, um, how we treat them. We also underpin that with a kindness, um, kindness um, mantra, if you want to say that, um, where we have defined kindness as one of our behavioral competencies and actually have embedded that in our performance appraisals where persons look for ways to be kind to each other, kind to their members in terms of, in terms of how they interact. So that kindness kind of underpins our respect and, and how we engage with our team members. And then on, on the reward and recognition side, you know, building out our policy um, for the organization on regards to reward and recognition, various initiatives. We have the Star of the Port initiative to reward and recognize persons. And then on our retail sales side of the team, they will have more frequent um, reward and recognition activities monthly, quarterly, and annually. So building that culture. So that's still in a state of development for us at FAC. And, and we think it's important that we, we really define that member experience and then build the structures to support it. It's one so of yeah, those... That, 
so that's part that's the 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 third story is just how we continue the journey the journey continues to want to lead in a very authentic way and again i am big in using words cats but then i think we also have to support it with the right organizational structures so that we can live it you know 100 percent 100 percent so are you suggesting that i'm missing an r should i put readiness i would love you to put readiness because i think it's so important yeah (laughs) i'm 100 percent bought into that that's being added to the framework that totally makes sense yes Roxanne, I I am so, so, so delighted that I was introduced to you. I have loved talking to you. Your energy is just so compelling and contagious. <laughs> I love I love the interview, Cats, and I'm happy I was able to meet you. And I'm I'm so connected with what you're doing. Um I, I you know, I'd, I'd I'd love to be involved even more um as we send that message out around. Um, 100%. No. Because the more that we work together and say the same stories, the more other people will feel safe enough to be able to change the way they lead. And that's the most important thing, right? So, Roxanne, before you leave, what would you like your episode of Humans Leading Humans to be called? Okay, well, for me, I love leading with the heart for outstanding results. Perfect. Thank you so much, Roxanne. This has been such a such an energizing pleasure for me. Likewise, I enjoyed it. And I'm happy I got this opportunity to share my story. I may help one other person. Thank you so much, Kat. Thank you so much, Roxanne. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Roxanne. I've enjoyed that so much. You are an inspiration to leaders everywhere. I just love doing these interviews. I hope you're enjoying them as much as I am. And it keeps me every time, every week, it's underlined. CEOs, COOs, CGOs, CMOs. It doesn't matter what your C is. Your job is to be brave enough to architect operating models where people are rewarded and recognized and respected when they're ready to actually join you on the journey to success where they feel safe and cared for that's it guys it's that simple so i really hope you enjoyed that as much as i did i take so much good learning from each one of these sessions Massive thanks again to the people who sent me the feedback that made me see something I hadn't seen before. Our brains are not brilliant at seeing the obvious. So please, please, obviously let me know if there are more brilliant senior leaders from other cultures that you want to hear from that I should invite to be a guest on Humans Leading Humans. So you have been listening to Humans leading humans towards a future of work that works for people. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with the Marketing Society. If you are a senior marketing leader, if you need the know-how and the networks to succeed and you're not already a member, get over to their website 
and become part of that tribe, I would 100% recommend it. A massive, massive thanks, as always, to the fantastic Super Terrania for the magical sting of stings. Go to We Are Beep to find out more about the CREATE framework and how Beep supports companies by unlocking the problem-solving potential of humans. Go to catskeely.com for the transcripts of these podcasts. If you love it, if you love this episode, please pass it on to your friends and your colleagues, the people you think might need a shot of inspiration. Thank you so much for joining me. Please subscribe. The links are in the notes. Be inspired. Be imaginal. Be more human. And I look forward to seeing you next week.